I need to know how much meat do you sell in a day? It depends on what we have going on, but you know, anywhere from uh, 25 to 50 briskets in a day. I mean, it's a, it's thousands of pounds of meat every day when you include your brisket, your ribs, your sausage, your turkey breast, pork, all that stuff combined. I mean, we're, we're easily over a thousand pounds a day. While it can be an all-day task to cook a few burgers and hot dogs, these barbecue aficionados cook hundreds to thousands of pounds of meat every single day. That's a boatload of barbecue. That's, you know, hundreds of pounds of brisket, probably about 100 pounds of pork belly, 100 pounds of uh, plus of ribs, uh, turkey, uh, house-made sausages. Um, it takes a, a team of about 26 people for us to run on a busy day. Wow. That's an insane amount of meat. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I never would have thought we would be cooking this much food and be serving this many people. When we first started, it was pretty quiet. And now uh, now it's pretty crazy around here. Whether it's pork ribs, smoked turkey, or of course, the beloved brisket. I'm Bailey Friday and Texas wants to know, why is Texas barbecue so damn delicious? How much barbecue do you eat on a weekly basis? <laughs> oh, uh, well, I've never uh, lugged a scale around with me, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to weigh it all. But um, I mean, I generally eat about five, at least five barbecue meals a week. Um, oh you know, gosh. sometimes, you know, sometimes that is uh, maybe a, a two, like I just recently took a, a two day trip down to or a three day trip down to Austin. I'm Daniel Vaughn. I'm the barbecue editor at Texas Monthly. And I eat uh, like, I think, six or eight barbecue meals just right there in that one trip. So uh, it comes in bunches. You know, when I'm planning a trip uh, far from Dallas, I try to get as many places in as I can, both places that I have high hopes for that I really feel like are going to be a good contender for a review or just places that I'm checking in on for the first time, just uh, kind of wondering what's up, see a new barbecue sign, stop in and and get a two-meat plate and, and see how they're doing. For nearly 25 years, Texas Monthly has curated the best barbecue spots across the state. We do a top 50 barbecue list every four years at Texas Monthly. Our latest list was 2021, uh, and Goldie's Barbecue was number one on that list. They're in Fort Worth. Uh, Fort Worth, mm. I think, is probably the best city for new barbecue joints as far as high-quality new barbecue joints opening up. So we're lucky here in North Texas to have that. Interstellar Barbecue uh, was our number two spot uh, down in the Austin area. John Bates is the owner and pit master at Interstellar. We probably sell between our briskets and pork belly and all of our other meats I would say anywhere from 400 to 600 pounds of barbecue a day. That starts at two in the morning with our pit team that comes in first thing in the morning. And we run until about seven, eight o'clock at night as far as cooking goes. Service is from 11 a.m. until four, unless we sell out early, which oftentimes we do usually around three o'clock. So many places across the country claim to have the best barbecue. How is Texas barbecue different from other regional styles? your grade A places, they're going to be small batch, really helps to control quality and consistency is key. So every time you step foot into our restaurant, you're going to get the same exact quality you had the last time. Will Buckman is the pitmaster and one of the owners of Corkscrew Barbecue in Spring. We want to make sure that that happens every time because when people take their experience at our restaurant and tell their friends about it, 
we want them to come in and have the exact same experience that they were told about. And that sets us apart. I think uh, it's just really the, the quality and the love that we put into everything that we do. One of the things that makes Texas barbecue so unique is the fact that there is no singular Texas barbecue, right? The state is so big. The styles vary quite a bit in their history and their origination in what uh, cooking methods and proteins are are valued more in, in different parts of the state. And so, you know, there is no singular Texas barbecue, but I think the standards here, the expectations from the customer are higher here than a lot of other places, which uh, really just makes for better barbecue for everybody. Flavorful brisket is a Texas favorite. It's a staple on everyone's menu. The two most popular types of brisket are either lean or moist. Regardless of the type, a real pit master will be able to season and slow cook both while they remain flavorful and juicy. And man, if you have had Texas brisket, you can tell what good brisket is as opposed to not good brisket. I'm always shocked when I leave the state and try barbecue somewhere else. It's just not the same. Owner and operator of Corkscrew Barbecue, Will Buckman, knows beef is king. And so tell me, what's your most popular item on the menu? Brisket. Smoked brisket is really what most everyone here is judged on. If they open a barbecue joint, people are going to you're going to hear talk about the brisket more than anything else. And, you know, you've got two sides of the brisket, the fatty side, the lean side, they're all got to be cooked together. I'm sure you've heard it can take 12, 16 hours uh, to cook a, a whole brisket. And and really a brisket is just one of those things. That there's so many things along the way that you can screw up. And uh, <laughs> so by the time you get to the end, if all those things have, have fallen in line where they should be, then you you end up with an incredible bite of smoked beef. And so I think because of that, it has become like a real symbol of what Texas barbecue is and really the thing that I think most pitmasters are judged by. The thing about brisket is when you get the perfect slice of brisket, it combines everything that makes you happy. The flavor of the well, you know, tinted fire, almost like a campfire flavor, the rich beefiness, uh, the fat from the brisket all comes together to create this magical bite. And I just think it's really hard to replicate that anywhere else in the country unless you're here in Texas uh, cooking with the right wood and cooking with the right ingredients and understanding how uh, to honor the process. Uh, It's just it's something special that you can't find anywhere else. So I think we're really blessed to grow up in this region where barbecue is so important and people love it so much. Um, it's, It's hard to put into words. Texas barbecue is so unique because it's a melting pot of different cultural approaches to food. According to the Texas Historical Commission, in the early 1900s, African-American and Mexican-American workers who each had their own distinct barbecue styles would order sausage and ribs from German butcher shops in Central Texas. If you look at most Southern barbecue styles, brisket, beef at all, is not even considered barbecue. You know, you go to the Carolinas, uh, the Deep South, and pork is barbecue. The, the two are synonymous. I really do like what they they cook and prepare in the Carolinas. They do a lot of whole hog barbecue over there. Kansas City has some pretty cool stuff, too. Unfortunately for my friends in those areas, uh, I still think uh, Texas is the king of barbecue there. For a long time, Texas barbecue was seen as the strange barbecue style that, that cooked beef, you know. And so I think there's a certain pride that goes along with that now that, uh, you know, we've certainly stuck with our beefy ways. And you know, <laughs> nowadays, if there's a barbecue joint that is opening anywhere across the country, 
chances are they have smoked brisket on the menu and the popularity of Texas barbecue is to thank for that. Texas barbecue is definitely built around a few key concepts. It's uh, very much driven by offset smokers. Our you know, style is to cook it very low and slow with a lot of smoke, clean flavors going through the pit. It's also built on mostly brisket. It's definitely the most important item in all of Texas barbecue. And another key concept for Texas barbecue is the idea that uh, our barbecue, if it's cooked properly, doesn't require barbecue sauce. We all like barbecue sauce and offer it, but the meat should be able to stand on their own without having to be covered in, in a, a barbecue sauce. Sauce or no sauce? Well, for me, it's always sauce on the side. And okay. you know, I I certainly am curious uh, what the flavor of the barbecue sauce is at the barbecue joint. You know, do they care enough to make their own or is it obviously out of a bottle? Uh, you know, and one of the keys there is, does it just taste like liquid smoke? And if so, it's probably just out of a bottle. Um, but yeah, I want that so- sauce on the side there, but I don't want it on top of the meat. You know, I, I want to be able to determine if it needs that sauce or if I want to taste the sauce on there. So just don't, don't ladle it over top. So what inspired you and your wife to open up Corkscrew Barbecue? Wow. That's a, a, a bit of a, a story, but uh, the inspiration really just came from our entrepreneurial spirit. I was working in communications at the time, and I had cooked a brisket for some, a friend of mine at work, and and that just led into it opened up a whole can of worms for me. So spending a lot of time out in the driveway cooking these things for free uh, to share with friends and family. It wasn't until my wife stepped in because she was fighting for my time that said, you know, you should really be charging for these efforts. And corkscrew was born. I'm I'm really primary pit master at the restaurant still. I, I cook every ounce of meat that, that we sell. And Nicole uh, is, is a jack of all trades. She's in the restaurant every day, just as I am. But uh, she does all the clerical work, all the social media, helps in the kitchen. I mean, wherever, wherever she's needed. Well, like every good Texas boy, it's my favorite thing in the world to eat. And we were looking to change from our other rest, previous restaurant, which was a sandwich shop. And I wanted to cook something that I love. So uh, barbecue is what I chose. Tell me, where'd your passion for barbecue begin? How did you become Texas Monthly's BBQ editor? Those two questions have a uh, starting point that are decades apart. My passion for barbecue really began, um, you know, when I was growing up in Ohio, eating backyard barbecue on the grill. At that time, I didn't really know what Texas style barbecue was. I didn't know really what smoked brisket was if there was brisket to be eaten it was corned beef but um let's see 22 years ago now i I moved to dallas and uh, one of my first memorable meals here was a barbecue meal and you know i just i fell in love with it almost immediately the the smoked brisket was as i said something that was so foreign to me just the idea of smoking meat for hours and hours uh, the texture that's created, the flavors uh, was so different than anything I'd had before. So, you know, fast forward, gosh, uh, well, 12 years after, actually, I just celebrated my, my 10 years at Texas Monthly as the barbecue editor. So that kind of flew by. But before that, I was writing a blog all about my barbecue travels and all about the barbecue I could find uh, all over the state. And Texas Monthly uh, noticed and I could go through the long story, but uh, really, uh, I I was an architect at the time. 
they made me an offer to come on full-time to write about barbecue at Texas Monthly. They wanted to create this position of barbecue editor. And uh, I said, yes. And then I called my wife and uh, I was like, they offered me the job. And she said, well, how much does it pay? I was like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like, I get to get to write about barbecue full-time. So yeah, that was back in, uh, and then back in April of 2013, I started the job. A lot of people, when it was first announced, thought it was like a publicity play, that this was uh, sort of a tongue-in-cheek title and that, you know, it wouldn't have a very long run. But uh, here we are. Daily routines can get monotonous. We all know that, right? Work, school, home, store, repeat. But the day-to-day for one pitmaster is early mornings, a long line of customers, and of course meat. A typical day at Corkscrew is, you know, I arrive at 5 a.m. every morning. We have two big pits that we use there. So one of them gets fired up and that's the pit that we're going to throw our ribs, our turkey breast, our sausage, chicken, whatever small proteins we have to cook that day. We'll put them on that pit. By 6.30 in the morning, we're pulling briskets and pork butts from the other pit that have been cooking all night long. After all that takes place, then it's into the kitchen to prep. You've got to you know, boil your potatoes for potato salad, make your coleslaw, all your sauces chopped, all your vegetables, all the prep work that goes into it. And we're always in a, in a rush of time to open by 11 o'clock. Once we open, we open the doors and the crowd comes in and it's just looking down the entire time, filling orders, cutting meat. And eventually, usually early at, or late afternoon, four o'clock or so, we're, we're, pretty much sold out of food for the day. We're closing up and and getting started for the next. I've got to know if you're eating it that much, do you ever get sick of it? Do you ever think, oh, I want a salad today (laughs) or just anything but barbecue? Yeah. I mean, I I think, uh, you know, people who see the job title and and, and know what I do for a living think that uh, how could he ever get sick? How could you ever get sick of barbecue? Um, Or think that I should answer this question. I was like, never, never. I will say I never get sick of really good barbecue. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, it, it it can get a little monotonous. I would say, and I've written about this in the past, like a really great slice of smoked brisket is not as special these days as it used to be, just because we have so many great barbecue joints now that, that make it. And so, yeah, it, it can get old sometimes, but, you know, take a couple of days off and, and I'm right back at it and, and it's fun. How do you review a barbecue restaurant? What is the go-to order for you? Generally go in, I mean, almost every barbecue joint in the state uh, has a sliced brisket, ribs, pork ribs, and sausage. So I usually start there. I'll ask if the sausage is house-made. If not, then I'll probably look for something else on the menu, like maybe a smoked turkey, which has gotten a lot more popular in Texas over the last decade. And so uh, go with that and then go with, you know, some of the basic sides. Cooking brisket is one of the hardest things, but cooking the lean side, which is the less popular side, and cooking it really well where it's juicy and tender and really enjoyable definitely shows the skills of a good pit master. Our signature item is our peach tea glazed pork belly. People love that. They drive from all over the place to come get a bite of that stuff. Um, That's definitely in my top three. I also love our brisket, and I love our homemade sausages. Uh, For me, you know, the pork belly... The sausage and a slice of brisket is what I call the interstellar trinity. I named the Texas trinity of meats there. Our our trinity of sides is pinto beans and potato salad and coleslaw. So got to go with those basics and, and, you know, look for anything fancy that they might have alongside. (laughs) 
so you asked if I uh, ever just want salad, and I will say that uh, going to Corkscrew Barbecue, um, one of the things that I, one of the reasons I love going there first, they're uh, incredible pork ribs, but also they've got this sandwich called the the Tris brisket sandwich. The Trisket sandwich. Trisket sandwich is a, a very popular item that that we have. It's a it's a sandwich, and it's essentially a Caesar salad on a bun with brisket. And and that got started by a very good friend of ours named Chef Austin Simmons, who is the chef at a restaurant called Tris here in the Woodlands. That's named after his daughter. So we he supplies us with our our Caesar dressing that we use on the sandwich. And so it's a way, I guess, to feel a little less guilty about eating, uh, you know, a big mound of fatty smoked beef. But uh, it's, also, <laughs> it's also a nice way to get a salad. Why is it that some people, because I know with me, if there's a line, I will avoid doing that thing. I will go out of my way to avoid lines. I hate lines. Yeah. But people are willing to wait in lines for hours to get a taste of good brisket. Why is that? You know, there's a there's a lot behind that as well but it's just how we do things here if 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 your barbecue is worth it there's going to be a line that's it's just that simple but there's so much more to it it's it's such a a social environment when you go to a barbecue restaurant and you see a line that's snaking around the door and and out into the property you're going to meet like-minded individuals who are there for the same reason that you are and and we've had several people meet in line and become fast friends and 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 they find themselves, you know, on, on a boat in the lake with the people that they met in line or standing in weddings because of the interactions they had at a barbecue restaurant. It's it's like inviting people over to your house and having a backyard barbecue. It's no different at the restaurant. Everybody's treated the same and with love and respect. Some of the best barbecue places are hole-in-the-walls or barbecue shacks. I know me and my mom just stopped at the side of the road at a place called Juicy Pig in Denton. Had a great meal. You'd never expect it would be as good as it is. But now, smoking meats and barbecuing at home have grown in popularity too. Where you barbecue, though, is not as important as why you barbecue. Here's Daniel. The new holes in the wall are really barbecue trucks. And so there's no building at all, really. You know, if you look back in the old days of the barbecue shack that would pop up on the corner of a busy intersection in a in downtown like Dallas or Austin or one of those uh, places that might pop up in a small town uh, and then, you know, eventually turn into something bigger. Now that barbecue shack is the barbecue truck. Rosemeyer Barbecue in spring was one of those that, uh, you know, when I set out on that road trip uh, down to the north side of Houston, I didn't really have, I didn't really know what I was going to find there and came away just really impressed. And they told me a story about just how, how much of a struggle it is for them to make any money at what they're doing. But the barbecue was so good. I had to let people know where to find it. And then uh, you go to, to Austin, a place like KG Barbecue. Now, this is uh, run by uh, an immigrant from Cairo, Egypt, and he's doing like Egyptian style Texas barbecue. So it really shows off the real variety that we now have in Texas of different barbecue styles that uh, are different cultural cuisines that are uh, really having a lot to say about what Texas barbecue can be these days. It seems to us like there are way more barbecue restaurants and then more people getting into smoking meat at home than ever right now. What do you think is behind this? What's driving our interest in barbecue? 
you know, it's one of those alluring things. It's a, it's a process and it's a very long process from start to finish uh, to cook a brisket. You know, you could be looking at upwards of 18 hours to get this accomplished. So the commitment that you have to make to cook barbecue is, is incredible, but there's so much that goes into it. So many intricacies that go into it. So that it, I mean, I think it's just intriguing to folks how you can take a piece of meat and put it on a pit for so long and come out with this beautiful, tasty product. People have gravitated to home cooking, especially grilling and smoking in the last several years, because it's just a way to create community at home. Uh, we're all living such busy lives and people are eating on the run. You know, we're in offices often and kind of cooped up away from people. I think cooking in a community setting kind of restores that balance of life and brings family and friends together. And uh, what better way to do it than with a grill or a barbecue pit in your backyard? The most important thing when you start smoking meats at home is to just uh, cook with your, your heart and your stomach. Uh, cook things that you want to eat that you would be passionate about cooking. And take your time. I mean, you know, with barbecue in particular, uh, being patient rewards uh, you so much more than trying to rush the process. So taking your time, cooking things uh, at low temperature and letting it slowly break down and develop the flavor is key, especially with tougher cuts like brisket uh, and ribs and pork shoulder. Skills like smoking a brisket can be learned and practiced until you get it right. But what are some other traits needed to barbecue? Patience is, is what you need if you're getting involved in barbecue, even if you're not doing it professionally and you're cooking your driveway. Be patient. Take your time. Just enjoy the company that you have surrounding you while you're doing the entire process. That's what it's really about. I just feel really blessed and lucky to be a part of Texas Barbecue. It's just extraordinarily important to the people and our culture here in Texas. And I do consider it to be our national cuisine. And I feel extremely blessed and honored to be a part of the conversation. I'm Bailey Friday at News Radio 1080 KRLD in Dallas, Fort Worth. Thank you so much for joining me on our podcast, Texas Wants to Know. If you liked the show, please give us a rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was produced by Chris Blake and Savannah Jones. Original music by Michael Eisenstein. Editorial support from Cooper Mall. Odyssey's managing producer for national news podcasts is Myron Kaplan.